0: Which is kind of uh, a French figure in the Austrian School of Economics and we will see why. It's because he has gone onto the path of radical subjectivism, which a lot of people confuse with nihilism. I think that would be a nice topic for the Senate tonight. Uh, I will restrict myself, if possible, to his contributions to capital theory. Um, um, what has he done, in my mind, that is very important. Um, he has taken on the on, on working um, theory of capital, and he has uh, put it on, a, on an individual basis. Just to give a bit of background, he was born in 1906 and died in 1990. He was not a very poor, prolific writer. He only wrote uh, three books. Uh, which uh, have exactly 15 years uh, in between them. So he takes his time to to think about things, and I like that. Um, What was the state of capital theory before Bachmann? Um, Actually, in general, capital was seen as some kind of homogeneous thing, producing other goods. There was not much differentiation in it. There were theories about about capital substitution, but Lachman's question actually was, if we say that mm, capital is a homogeneous aggregate, uh, from which point of view do we say that? From an aggregate point of view, then you would have to say. And his um, contribution was to say, no, uh, capital is also subjective. And here I have the image of an old motel a rundown motel and an entrepreneur could pass by and see something in that rundown motel and say, well this would make a great nightclub if you just change it a bit. Uh, if um, you know uh, a gardener would come by, well maybe he would see less in it. So in objective terms this is just the same heap of bricks what makes it so that this could be capital for one person and not be capital or, or less less as capital by another person he was he was very much uh, into these questions and his answer is it all has to do with expectations. So if we expect that this rundown motel that we would refurbish as a night as a, as a nightclub um, could be profitable, then this is a valuable capital good. If societal convictions are so that nightclubs are uh, places of uh, sinful behavior, then it might be that in such a society this motel deserves to be just demolished and do not even give the opportunity to have a nightclub. Mm. But the point is, in the end, it's the subjective imagination of the entrepreneur that values capital. aggregate idea about capital is already forfeiting on the subjectivist perspective. And this has far reaching um, consequences. You don't you wouldn't think of it in, in the beginning. First consequence is that the capital cannot be measured in monetary terms. No, I don't know if it's off. To we don't see the microphone is off. Oh, it's- Ah, I have no idea how to... Nobody can hear me in the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Teams, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ah, here. It's all to myself. I've been an entrepreneur for this for months. Um Sorry back there, you haven't been able to hear. I will not repeat it because then otherwise uh, Dr. Marcus will... Uh, Chastise. I was saying that, that capital is, um, is subjective, um, and so there are consequences for that, theoretical consequences. First consequence is capital cannot be measured in monetary terms. If you try to do that, the only thing you will achieve is just a, a, a temporary photograph of all devaluations in society. It doesn't have to teach you anything on, on how this capital should develop, it's all in the minds of the people. Uh, also, whoever artificially lowers interest rates is also influencing the plans of entrepreneurs. That's a second very important insight that, that Bachmann has uh, contributed, that um, a plan is a, is a set of um, expectations about future uh, profitability. And if you change uh, present prices, then the, the, the expectation of, of future profitability changes with that. And the, the, the third uh, important uh, contribution is that um, he uh, actually thought about the idea that you can substitute capital uh, very fluidly, which is not the case. Um, it's, uh, it, capital is like uh, liquid that has been frozen in time, and you can refurbish a, a motel to a nightclub. But um, you know there are there are limits to the to the substitution value of capital. So for those reasons, it's, it cannot be a homogeneous fund of any kind. It's more of a complex tissue that you have to respect as a policymaker. It's not like clay that you can you know change at will. Not even with interest rates. Um, and what was Lachman's leap uh, actually? Um, because that is the title of my second chapter of my Ph.D. that I'm going to finish real fast, uh, Dr. Um, Bagus. What is his leap? He suddenly understood that the subjectivism of Menger is actually only the beginning of a far deeper subjectivist revolution, and that is why I try to, uh, um, you know, bolster the subjectivist's um, um, perspective with the macro for the development of Austrian economics, because there's a lot of work to do, he says that if we expand subjectivism to expectations, we get a far richer and deeper way of looking at that social tissue, at that capital tissue. Uh, and then he goes quite far in that, uh, because in, in, when he goes to Witsvatersland in, in South Africa, his inaugural lecture is about Max Weber, and he would say, you know, Weber is not an economist, what, what does he do in, in this whole game? Um, but he sees him as a, some kind of subjectivist predecessor of Mises. Mises discarded that idea because he thought that Weber was too um, historicist. And this is because um, Mises, of course, is an priorist thinker, I will not go into that. Um, but <laughs> the point is that... Um, Lachman cannot, cannot um, stop from deepening his subjectivism until the point that actually Rothbard and, and Kirchner, who uh, he had um, revitalized modern Austrian economics with, distantiated themselves from, from Lachman. Um, when he started to criticize Mises for being an objectivist, for saying that Mises was not subjective enough, I think it's in the next slide, um, that that Rothbard uh, actually uh, condemns him as an nihilist and says this is just the abandonment of theory. And this I went too fast a bit. The, the point is that the deepening of subjectivism. Lachmann had an ally, and that ally is the man you see here, uh, George uh, Lenin or Lennox uh, Sherman Shackle, and he who goes as far as to say that economics is not even a science because you cannot even deal with anything objective, it's all in the minds of people. I will leave it here to discuss if, if that could be true, but in any case, Rachman, uh, you know, uh, receives a lot of influence from Shackle, and that's why Kirchner at, at, at a certain point said, you know, uh, I have to distance myself from this, uh, from this way of thinking. Um, but what is interesting about this evolution with shackle and that's what my third chapter will be about, is that shackle actually says, you no, know, the subjectivism of once was indeed the, uh, the the beginning. The second wave is the subjectivism of expectations. But we should even go further and say that the method itself is completely subjective. Uh, and so the question becomes, like in the limbo dancers, you know, how far can we go with the subjectivism, you know? If you take subjectivism to the methodological level, well, then the critique of, of nihilism is very close. But if you mm, think about the arguments that are put by the, those radical rascals, um, then you could, um, could understand that they, up until a certain point, do have a point. Um, because the belief in a certain theory, let's say the theory of Austrian economics is actually predicated on the idea that the theory works. So there is an expectation towards that theory. But if expectations themselves are subjective, not just in the real economy but also in the intellectual economy, which, which is not less real than the real economy, it's just more abstract, then perhaps, it's just the hypothesis I put here, maybe we should also allow a debate on the subjectivity of method itself. And how could we do that? If we would treat the production of theory as an economic process in and of itself, then we would achieve that goal. We would not no longer work with axioms, we would just say this is a theory, it produces certain decisions, we, we can measure if these decisions are profitable, for instance, the theory that if I uh, fly off the uh, top of a roof... Uh, Flapping my arms, and then I will be able to fly to the other roof. That is a theory, and you can check the profitability of that theory, which will be quite low. But you have not used any axioms. You have not used. You have just been doing trial and error, and in that way, like the entrepreneurial pr- process process itself in the market, we might achieve organic theory without the need for whole logical debates. I think this is an an avenue of research that has pretty much not been explored. But I think there's a lot to say about this. Um, And my proposition has been, I think it was two years ago that I I presented this paper, um, to, um, to, to consider ourselves as intellectual entrepreneurs. We also venture into... We have um, resources, we read a lot of papers, then we pick something out, we consider it as a a good. With that good, we construct a new theory, we test that theory in the market, in the the intellectual market, for instance on these venues. And then when a theory uh, gains currency, literally, when it has buying power in the minds of people, you know, this theory really, really uh, explains stuff then it can grow on. But you you never have debate about fundamentals. You only have debate about how profitable is the theory. Um, So I reached my conclusions. Lachmann is indeed an outlier, and Shackle even more. But they are respected. Look at Shackle. The search term Shackle Last 10 years. I think it has tripled. Shackle is becoming more and more popular. And to me, they are inspiring to go further with our subjectivism. And from my personal investigations, there is a wealth of theoretical problems that can be solved by deeply subject. But the only condition is a psychological one. Are we willing to let go of the deeply human need to have a fixed axiom and to be able to say, you are wrong and I'm right? Um, I think that will be very hard because then we have to get out of our comfort zone. But we have a giant uh, helping us in that struggle, and that is Hayek, who said that. It is probably no exaggeration to say that every important advance in economic theory during the last hundred years was a further step in the consistent application of subjectivism. And so anyone wanting to talk to me uh, in the same manner about this, I would be most happy. Thank you.